Hello and welcome to the second half of season two of the Talking Spirits podcast. My guest today is the Bosnian, Slovenian and Berlin-based jazz singer Mirna Bogdanovic. And the situation around this episode is a little bit different than usually so far. Sometime in December, while I was recording for season two, I clicked on a Facebook ad for Mirna's debut album Confrontation, which was just released. I listened to the album and I really liked it a lot because it is very unique and special. Usually, when I really like new music from somebody I did not know before, I want to know more about the artist. This way, I, among other things, found out that Mirna was born in Sarajevo, same as myself, although some years later, shortly before the war began. That was when I decided to contact her and ask her if she could imagine joining me for a conversation. Luckily, she accepted my invitation and what you're about to listen to was the first time we met and talked to each other. Without any further ado, let's get it going and have fun listening. Hi Mirna, welcome to the Talking Spirits podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you also for taking the time to be my guest today. It's a huge pleasure to talk to you. The year 2020, last year, was a very unusual year, which had huge effects on the lives of us musicians and freelancers. And yeah, I mean, the way we are used to be working and we love to do it did change or it's not possible right now. And so my first question to you would be, how did all of this affect you? And how are you feeling right now after this pandemic has been going on for close to a year yeah um i think it's like i'm already sick of it um but i also got like kind of lazy throughout the whole uh year in a way i mean i was still productive to a certain extent but yeah i don't know first it was like depressing because everything i had planned was canceled and i had like a lot of exciting things um, planned and then that was all canceled. So it was like sad. And then it was sad because I just had this album ready to be released and I already had almost a deal with a label and then mm, everything shut down and uh, people changed their minds. And so it was really difficult to find a label in this time, you know? Yeah, because actually everybody went when this whole thing went down and especially after it became obvious that it would be because in the beginning we all thought okay this is gonna be three months and then we are gonna be back to normal but no when when it became obvious that it would take longer of course everybody got scared to plan or to take risks in any way yeah yeah, yeah and also I mean for me for me it was like in the beginning because also everything got cancelled I think about 60 shows yeah. got cancelled last year But uh, in the beginning, since it was spring, you know, weather mm -hmm. was fine. And I was thinking, okay, so what can I do? I will do things which I cannot do when I'm on the road so much. And so this is how this show started, because I had the idea for a long time. And, and finally, I had the time to, to realize it. But I, I hit a wall, like in maybe September, like, you know, six months in, it was just, I was not able to do anything for like a couple of weeks. So... I know what you what you're talking about. It's, yeah, yeah. I think it's important. I mean, we need to find 
you know, we need to, to create it ourselves. Yeah, sure. Things which are positive and which are good in order to get through it. But I mean, how, how is it now, right now? Um, no, it's fine. I mean, uh, I actually, um, I'm starting to work on a new project, which is uh, learning how to produce more with like music software programs so that I'm more uh, independent. And uh, yeah, I, I got like a scholarship to do it. So for the next six months, I'm planning on finishing the music for my second album. And um, yeah, just learning how to use all of these programs. Well, what are you working with? Right now, I'm just learning how to use Ableton, actually. Yeah, I, I never, I mean, I, work, I worked with Logic for a very long time. Like, I think the first Logic version I had was 2006. And then last year, when I started the podcast, I also got Pro Tools. So yeah. I, I'm learning Pro Tools. But Ableton, I, ne I had never worked with. But from what, I, what other people tell me, it's very suited for electronic music and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's a good thing to do. I mean, nowadays, these things, they are, you can, actually, you can learn by learning by doing. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's a good, good thing to do. So same for me with Pro Tools. I mean, I didn't know anything about it, but I just said, okay, let me check it out. <laughs> and by now <laughs> I get along. <laughs> cool. Yeah. No, I'm super slow with this. Like uh, I'm taking some lessons already for a while and I just need to like really invest more time and, and really go for it now. Yeah, but they are, I mean, also they are very good... Uh, tutorials on youtube or on the internet i know i know i know but i'm not a tutorial person i never was and never will be because uh the once i click on the video and it's like hello today blah, 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 i'm like, oh. and then I'm just like okay i'm done with this so no yeah. i need to get the answer that i'm searching for and if i don't get it right away mm -hmm. i lose interest so i rather take lessons and like and just have somebody show you. Yeah, I mean, I when I when I click a tutorial, I really if I see it's ten minutes long, then I I just scroll until I'm. No, me too. <laughs> it doesn't work. They don't say. I always, you know, find videos where they don't really tell me what I want. Yeah. But it's also like, um, I take it more seriously if I you know pay for a lesson mm. and I meet up with someone. Um, then I, you know, I'm gonna prepare for it. Yeah, but I also have to say I, I'm very happy to have a couple of friends who are really expert studio guys. And so if I if I'm fucked up with something I don't know, then I can also call them and say. And sometimes it's so funny because I try to find out something and I'm looking for it for years. And then I call my friend and I say, Hey man, this and this is the problem. So what do I do? And he's like. Yeah, just press uh, this key and then you find. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm <laughs> like, I was already, I spent an hour and I couldn't figure it out. And he's like, oh, no problem, just press I. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, but it's also good to to learn it because it, later when you get fine with it, it 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 offers a lot of opportunities and possibilities. So, yeah, I think it's a good thing. Okay, if we go in time, 
go back in time a little bit. If I'm informed correctly, you were born in Sarajevo, in yeah. back then Yugoslavia, in 1990. And then when the war started in 92, your family would yourself, of course, relocated to Slovenia. And uh, what I would like to know is how did music come to your life and what was it what got you attracted to music? Um, yeah, so everything you said was correct. Um, and my dad, he plays guitar and sings. So, you know, like back a few generations back, like my parents' generation, um, coming from Yugoslavia, there was like certain band that everyone listened to. Mm. They all know, knew all of those songs. So, I mean, my dad, he was also performing for a while, like you go rock. Mm. <laughs> But he, um, yeah, whenever we went on holiday or something, he would always have his guitar with him and, and there would always be like a group of people around him somewhere on a terrace usually somewhere in the seaside in Croatia. Mm. And then everyone would know all of the lyrics. <laughs> like this doesn't happen anymore nowadays. Okay, maybe if you, if you go with uh, on holiday only with jazz musicians, then they'll know lots of songs, but not like, you know, non-musician people. We don't have that anymore. Kind mm. of. Has changed a lot. Yeah. Because I remember, I mean, when, when we went to Germany, I was 11. Mm. So, I, I have memories, of course, and my parents, they are not musicians, but my father, he he loved to listen and, and he had a huge record collection. And I, you know, that what you just described, I have memories of, you know, to g g gather and listen to the albums and know the songs and music. So it's, a, and for me, this beautiful memories, because I, you know, when I, I, I think the latest memory I have is when I was about four or five And then they had friends coming, just like you said. And I yeah. was always, I was under the table. Yeah. <laughs> I was, and I was just listening to the music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so then you started pl with playing classical piano, right? Yeah, because, um, so music was always around me when I was a kid because of my dad. But then we, we lived uh, in an apartment And across, like somewhere in Slovenia, across the street, there was uh, a woman who was teaching a uh, piano at the music school. So she convinced my parents to join. And then, yeah, then I was playing piano for a very long time. Mm. Yeah, but right now you are at home in jazz. And so, you know, there are many people who think that those two worlds, let's say, cannot be combined you know when you when you have a like when you have a conservative point of view then you there's many who say oh no you cannot mix it or you cannot go if you're a classical musician you cannot play jazz or the other way around or whatever and obviously you don't seem to have a, to, to have a problem <laughs> with this <laughs> so well, no i mean i wouldn't say i wouldn't agree to that even though i would say that <laughs> that it can be funny listening to a classical musician play Playing. jazz. If they don't go into jazz, and also the other way around. Yeah, it's true. 
even though maybe a jazz player will like classical better than classical jazz. Sorry. Yeah, because, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean because it's uh, the way of thinking and acting is so different. It's much more free and yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, so then would be interesting to know you know, when your interest in jazz music started and what it was that sparked it for you? Mm -hmm. Well, so I was deep in into classical music when I, like, until um, finishing my, like, the high school, music high school. Um, but while I was, you know, a classical pian pianist, I was also listening to other um genres of music of course i had like a rock period and i also always liked to sing but just for fun and then when i was maybe 13 or something i had my first rock band yeah I, i was a metal guy for years i played metal <laughs> <laughs> so we played like some first i played guitar there but i sucked and then i i started singing <laughs> and um Yeah, and then I was like in another rock band. So I had a long like rock period. But then like while like singing all of that music, I somehow felt in a way limited because at the same time I was practicing every day these crazy compositions with like super advanced like harmony and everything. So I somehow needed something more, you know? That was not enough. I got bored of any other kind of music that was kind of like simplified or whatever. So um, I I heard jazz for the first time. I don't know when, when I was still in primary school. And I didn't, I just thought, wow, this is cool. I somehow had an idea about this music, even though I didn't even know it. And, and then slowly I started taking like private lessons. Also went to a few like summer workshops Uh, starting when I was 14 or something. First, I went for piano, even even though, because I was a piano player, but I had no idea about jazz. And it was quite funny. It was terrifying. But yeah, it took a long time before I actually really got into the music. I always really liked it, but didn't really understand it. And then slowly but surely, uh, yeah, I got into it more and more. Mm -hmm. But do you maybe remember uh, certain albums, or you know, which which really got you into jazz yeah yeah i had this uh album from sarah vaughn i think i don't know if i think she it was like a compilation that diddy bridgewater did or something and yeah i i listened to that a lot and then i listened to billy holiday a lot But also not that much because I still thought she sang really weird at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I started listening also. I know I, uh, Brad Meldow, I really loved. Yeah, and I saw uh, I saw the trio with uh, Larry Grenadier and Jeff Ballard. But I don't know when. It's like maybe 2003. Yeah, I saw It's them actually... Uh, I think uh, right before Corona started, they played here in Berlin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, 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 we went, but it's very long ago, but it was amazing. Mm. After studying jazz vocals at the conservatory in Klagenfurt in Austria, in 2012, you decided to relocate to Berlin. 
and to continue your studies at the University of Arts. So what prompted your decision to go to Berlin and how did you get along there in the beginning? Um, well, I always wanted to go to a bigger city because I'm from a very small town. So I just felt like I want to live in a big city. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I heard about the school also, I think in 2009, when I was in Italy, there was like a summer workshop that was led by the new school of music uh, from New York. And there was like a teacher... She was like, yeah, there's this, you know, singer teaching in Berlin and she's really Judy. good. At school. Yeah, the school is really good. So I was like, mm, okay. So that stayed in the back of my mind. And then I somehow wanted to go there. I don't know. Yeah, but, but if you think back of the time when you went, how was it for you to, to go into the big city and, and also get to a school where you start studying What, what kind of memories do you have of this? Yeah, it was amazing. It was like in a dream. This was <laughs> one of the best times of my life, for sure, moving to Berlin. Like the first year was just so, so great because, I don't know, the school was amazing, so many amazing professors and so many good musicians studying On such a high level, it was all I wanted, really. And there was just the city and so much going on and everything was uh, perfect. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's, it's great when it, when it goes like this, yeah, yeah. when you really find what you were looking for when you decided to go. I don't know when you finished your studies, but uh, you, obviously you finished it and you decided to stay in Berlin. And so right now you, you would be living there for like eight years or maybe nine years. Yeah. And so I would like to know, could you share your impressions on the city and also the music scene and the arts scene from your nowadays perspective that now that you have been living there for so long? Well, it's hard to even remember how it is because of this Corona situation. <laughs> I'm mostly at home watching Netflix. That's my jazz scene. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I like Berlin because there's space for a lot of different, uh, you know, styles. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's still a hype for a certain thing, I would say. Uh, but like in any city, I think there's like, A specific kind of direction jazz goes to, like, depending on where you live, right? Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. like, Cologne has a, its own kind of little vibe. And then Berlin is bigger, so maybe there's a little bit more variety. Or, like, if you compare it to New York, I mean... New York has more, even more variety, but still, if you, you know, think about people that are super known and coming to, to Europe to play, there's a specific kind of style, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think in Berlin, thankfully, there's enough space for a lot of different things. And yeah, I like it that there's somehow still like uh, a lot of good singers so you feel like you need to 
maybe try a little bit harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes competition can be a good thing because it motivates you to to go. But yeah, I don't know. Like we have our places where we kind of like hang out, but I don't know. Um, it changes a lot after, like after you stop studying, then people spread out. You know, it's a yeah. different kind of a different kind of vibe. Yeah, you know? yeah. But you still like it to to live in Berlin. Yes, definitely. On the 18th of December of last year, so now today is the 14th, I think, so close to a month ago, you did release your very impressive, I have to <laughs> say, very impressive uh, debut album with your own compositions. Yeah. And it's called Confrontation. And uh, yeah, releasing a first album under your own name and with your own songs, I think it's quite an undertaking and maybe even more for a singer than for an instrumentalist. Yeah, and firstly, I would like to congratulate you on the release because I really think it's wonderful. It's a wonderful album. And uh, yeah, to start this topic, would you be willing to share a little bit about the path from, you know, mastering the courage to start writing music and songs up to now where the first album finally got released yeah it was a very long process i think um i started writing super slowly um like while studying and i must say i never i mean now maybe i'm in between i spent more time writing but it's not like i'm writing 100 songs every day or something but it, i definitely now i'm a little bit more self-confident Because, you know, you start creating something and you are, have no idea, is this anything that means anything? Or <laughs> So, um, yeah, it took me a while before um, I got into it a little bit more or got or, or kind of like discovered a system how to do it. And that somehow leads to a final <laughs> product or shape. You know? Um so yeah and then slowly uh throughout my studies i i got together enough songs for my uh final concert at the jazz institute so for and the then, exam for the yeah exam. For my okay. final exam uh, because i was very ambitious and i wanted it to be very special you know and uh then after i was done um yeah I, there was always a plan to record uh an album and I got like, after I was done with studying, I applied for um, like a scholarship that you can apply at the University of Arts. Um, the first three years after studying, you apply for that. So I got that and I had one year to work on a project, basically, and was not allowed to work a lot next to it so that one year I dedicated to work on my music and to you know write the songs till the end and then record the album of course it took longer than one year but 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 did you at your exam did you already play uh, songs which are now on the yeah. album or yeah actually yeah. I mean I think we played Cold Lake and maybe another song 
But yeah, I mean, then afterwards I recorded like a small EP, which I didn't really advertise because um, it was more for like promotion purposes. Um, so it wasn't like a high quality production or anything like that. Um, but yeah, there were actually I got changes we also played on the exam. And then I recorded like four songs and and two songs from that little EP we re-recorded then for the album. For me, it's always like, you know, the best albums are the, the ones I really love to listen to even years later. And and those w which have like many little details, you know, and very fine and subtle nuances and things which really want to be discovered and which want to, you know, where you need to pay attention. And I think with your album, for me, at least, this is absolutely the case. And I also think that, you know, the title Confrontation is actually pretty spot on, you know, because, yeah, I mean, in the compositions, you combine like, you know, aesthetically a straight ahead jazz aesthetics and instrumentation but then also you work with modern electronic elements and you combine lyrical songwriting with avant-garde instrumental passages and also you know even the way you use your voice holds a confrontation as well because you know depending on what what the song is asking for you use it for sometimes you use it for sharing your lyrics but also you use it as an instrument you know like And so there's really like lots of confrontations, mm. but yeah, but, but, you know, when I think about, and I was really thinking about this because when I think about the word confrontation, mostly is, or, or very often it is used with a kind of negative connotation, yeah. you know, but what I, what I like so much about your album is that the confrontations are actually pretty smooth, you know, <laughs> and, and also as a piece of art, I think it's it's really one, you know, it's it's a one cosmos, and it's uh, and I don't I never have a feeling that any of the elements is like standing out in a negative way or whatever, you know, it's n nothing is out of line. So my question now, after I have said how I feel about it, my question would be like, you know, what can you say about the way you write music and and how do you manage to make the confrontation as confrontations as smooth as they actually are on mm. the album. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's a Welcome. Actually, it was quite spot on. Um, well, uh, it was also part of this um, project I had for the, for the scholarship because I had to, you know, somehow write a text about, You know, I had to write a propos like proposition what I wanted to do in that one year. So I really thought it through, like, what could be my project? And then I thought, like, actually, I really realized a lot of things. It's so funny. Sometimes you need to be, like, forced to write about something and really make up something so that you realize a lot of things what were maybe, like, either bothering you or, you know, that you feel strongly about, but you don't really realize it until then. So yeah, I somehow, I I felt like I want to um, figure out what the role of a singer is anyways and show all of these different sides of the voice and maybe even like 
a vocal group uh, inside. Like a cappella? Not just a cappella, but like, because we know a cappella, right? We already know <laughs> yeah. a cappella, so I wanted to do something that's new. Well, something yeah. that would be interesting for me so i wanted to i i don't know i i always listen to a lot of like instrumental music as much as i do um you know vocal music and then i also i don't know i i somehow was listening to a lot of maybe just voice being like an instrument kind of stuff and um I don't know. I felt like I want to have a variety of things also because as often already mentioned, <laughs> um, you know, when I go to a concert and I hear um, an instrumental band, let's say without a singer. And then, I mean, even if I really like it, sometimes I have the feeling it would be so much more powerful if there would be a voice not taking um the whole attention you know so that the band is serving the voice but maybe just as a color and at the same time maybe feeling like with that singers could be just called more you know <laughs> for like sideman jobs because they're also as capable as uh, saxophone players and sometimes sound even better you know <laughs> Oh, sorry. But like, at the same time when I go to a singer like a vocal concert if I go to like two set evening of two sets of music as very often like so much of the voice that I'm like after one set I'm like okay fine I had enough you know so I just felt like I want to do the same like I want to find a middle with my music how to yeah, how to be a sideman, but be in the front and how to be equal with other voices, but then also not maybe. And how to, you know, just playing around with these things and allowing uh, also a lot of instrumental parts in between, you know. Yeah. And I, I would say, you know, from listening to the album, I would say, you know, you have been pretty successful <laughs> <laughs> and and so one but one thing which really strikes me as well you know is you just mentioned it a little bit is your way of working with choirs and backing vocals because i think you know backing vocals and choirs when it, when it's done right you have the chance to open up a new dimension within the music and you know and i i think in, in this album in your album it's wonderful And also with uh, Pauline, I hope I'm spelling the names properly with Pauline Peek or Peek and Dora Ostalo. You, you have two singers who you trust with uh, delivering the choir parts. And so it would be interesting to know, you know, how is your approach when you, when you approach backing vocals and choirs? And also I could imagine that, you know, it might not have been easy to find other singers who would be able to sing it the way you are hearing it in your head. Or when you maybe do a demo and you do it yourself. And so also, what can you tell us about the Pauline and Dora? Yeah, I was just trying to find someone who would be um, blending well with my voice, but at the same time, just like capable of learning weird stuff, you know. <laughs> so yeah. just to like <laughs> minimize the, the practice time. 
Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I got to meet them through different situations and and I thought they would be perfect for this project. Mm. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Thank sounds you. Sounds amazing. But let's say when you have a song and you start working on the on the voices, you know, how how do you approach it? I mean, is it rather do you approach it from a gut side from from your feeling or is it also like cognitive or do you just experiment and see what sounds cool what you like well i don't know because i sometimes i added you know the voices at afterwards they were just written songs because most of the songs i write on the piano and i already like i read i write very specific chords Are sometimes difficult to describe, and then <laughs> maybe write some some texture, you know. And then there was like the time when we were supposed to go on tour, and I was like, "Well, I want to go with the singers, but I don't have enough songs with the voices that you know, so that it would make sense to take them with." So I was like, "I'm gonna add them now in this song and this song." So, so you just needed to do something yeah. to make. So they, they took over a lot of uh, the instrumental parts you know or but sometimes I also wrote, wrote deliberately for for voices but I think let's say like in this song July like this very short song there I definitely wanted to, I, I heard the voices before you know but some some parts or like patterns patterns was a very Like kind of just playing around on the piano, and then I was like, "Oh, this would actually be cool with voices." <laughs> yeah, like yeah, but I really think you know this this part of of the whole experience is very special and really beautifully done. You know, so thank because, you. Because yeah, because I mean, there's lots of music which has backing vocals, of course, <laughs> obviously, mm -hmm. but uh, to really feel that you know somebody really went into it and and you know made you know you had a, an idea or made up like you just went deeper into the whole thing than yeah. it's very often done and i i think that this adds a really beautiful additional dimension to the music so wonderful really cool <laughs> what i also like you know when listening is that the other musicians who are playing on your album with you For me, you know, they, I mean, I, I think I just heard the name of Vanya. Uh, I don't know him, but I, 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 I was trying to remember in which context I read the name, but I, I didn't, I cannot remember. But the other guys, I, I actually didn't know, you know, the names. But what I really like is when I listen to how they play the music, it sounds like a real band, you know. It mm. doesn't sound to me like... You know, somebody just put together a bunch of guys who can play well and just say, let's record. Because this is very often also how it goes, you know. But in your album, I think I really, you know, I really think it sounds like a real band. And also, you know, handling the, the very diverse stylistic approach is also something which many people are not able to do. You know, somebody, let's say, I don't know, like a drummer, Or pianist, they can be very good at playing traditional or playing modern and electronic. But to do both, to combine it, is is not very. You have really to find find the right people for this. So, yeah. So, what what can you tell 
us about the other musicians and also about the way you prepared for the recording and maybe the recording session itself. Well, the whole rhythm section was already playing on my final exam at the school, you know. So we played together already quite a lot. And it was uh, intended to be, you know, to stay that way also for the album. So, um, yeah, I basically, we had our first concert to, as a tryout, the eight of us, um, uh, in December, right before Christmas of 2018. And this was like the first time we ever played together. We just, I think we just had one rehearsal or so. A very short rehearsal and then the gig. So it was really good. I mean, it could, of course, shaky because the arrangements were so uh, demanding. But but it was a really cool concert. And then um, and then I booked, I think, like one or two more concerts in the beginning of 2019. And then we had like we were rehearsing already with the singers and sometimes with the band in between. And then Vanya came um, along, like, I mean, he played with us those concerts already, but then we had like proper two days of rehearsing um, sometime in March, beginning of March, 2019. Uh, then we had like four concerts, like a little tour. And then we went into the studio. I mean, the whole, the whole rhythm section, We definitely played quite a lot together, but like with Vanya, it was more fresh and with the singers. But yeah, we had like four days in the studio, so. Mm, so it's even more impressive. <laughs> yeah, but I but you recorded in Poland, right? Yeah. And uh, but what what kind of studio or what kind of space was it? There's like a pretty good studio there. It's called Republika Studios, and it's quite big. So it was enough space for us to partly record in separate rooms. One really crucial and central part of the album are your lyrics as well. And also hmm. with, with the lyrics, you know, I think nowadays in so much of the music, mm, lyrics are very often superficial and At least, I mean, that's I'm very subjective here now, you know. But uh, very often when I hear something, I think, okay, they were rather, rather taking care of something sounding cool or hip, you know. <laughs> but but not, uh, but it's not saying anything, or it's not touching me, you know. Yeah. I and uh, when I listen to to your lyrics, mm, I think, you know, I at least I feel that they are pretty personal. And, and together with the music, you managed to, to paint a picture in front of the listener's inner eye. So when I close my eyes, you know, I could I can really see what you're singing about. And I, I think this is, you know, this very special quality in a singer, in my perception. And so what can you share about the process of writing lyrics? And also, when you compose, I mean... Do you have a lyric idea first or do you have a musical motive first and then get the lyrics later? So how does this go? Uh, no, usually I always, I always, always write the music first. But when I'm 
So my process is like I'm sitting at the piano or now I even start playing ukulele. So I'll be like always recording myself because I never remember what I played if I'm just like improvising something. Yeah, I'll be like maybe I find a pattern or something that I like and and then I you know when I find something good that I'm playing on the piano usually it starts with the piano and then I'll be like adding some vocals on top and I'm just like you know just getting in the mood and like uh, improvising something but while I'm singing I'm already just using random words that come out without thinking about it and sometimes that sets the mood already sometimes it doesn't sometimes I change it completely but sometimes I I don't know some word comes out and I'm like oh this is actually uh I could like play with that maybe (laughs) So there's not really like a very long planned um, story behind it, you know. Sometimes you know, sometimes you just need like a title, and then to be honest, the like lyric writing is definitely the most exhausting for me, just because I, you know, I'm a musician. I don't see myself as a songwriter really primarily, and um, yeah, I don't know. I. I, of course, force myself to do it. So I have something to sing about. But I do once. So basically what I do then when I record myself, I have like maybe brand words coming out and a kind of like an idea of a melody. And then maybe I kind of develop that, but then um, I, I develop it till the end with the text, right? And then I have a text and then I meet up with a friend of mine. Her name is Sophie Barker and she's an amazing singer-songwriter from uh, UK, but lives in Berlin. And then she comes over and then we read the text because I'm also not a native uh, English speaker. So I don't trust myself completely with writing, you know, I don't know if it sounds like fine or not. So then we meet up. And we read the text. Then we're like, okay, how could this this sound a little bit more fancy, you know? So it's not such plain language or, you know, change some grammar stuff. or. Yeah. Yeah, cool. No, but really, I mean, for me at least, I mean, it's always very different, you know, the, when we do something, the perception which I have on the music I'm writing or playing is always different from when people are listening. But at least for me... You know, it makes sense because I feel that the the lyrics they really fit with the music, and and so yeah. you know, in the emotional expression, yeah, it just makes sense. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And today, when I got home, you know, I, I found the CD in my mailbox, and I was very happy that it arrived, so I could see, you know, the the artwork and booklet. And and also this is also very special nowadays with the with the streaming, and and also the physical product being, you know, let's say pretty much on the back burner, you know, because everybody is streaming, people are not buying, and and I I always find it very, it's just amazing when somebody puts out a physical product which is where where they also let's say put in the same dedication to the you know, to the artwork as they put into the music. And, and when I, you know, and I opened it, opened the envelope and I was like, 
wow, that's a quite, you know, <laughs> quite thick city. And then I, I just, I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because, yeah, because it's so cool. I, I think, you know, like, uh, I mean, of course, I also do use Spotify, especially when I'm on the road. Then it's just yeah. uh, convenient, you know, to, to be able to listen. Sure. But I really love, you know, just sitting down uh, and just reading, you know, opening it, watching the pictures and reading the lyrics. And so also very beautiful. Thank you. I, th I think it's a good thing to do, you know, to really put in some dedication into this too. And I, and also yeah. in this way, it fits very well with the, with the feeling I have when I listen to the music. So really cool yeah i mean uh, this was done by uh, by an amazing artist from slovenia actually his name is nenat ciesel you should check him out he's a very versatile uh, artist and very successful and um yeah i i've been following him for a long time like on instagram he has a really cool instagram page as well and um Yeah, I don't know. I always had an idea. I want him to do the artwork just because I know he's so good, you know. But did did he have the chance to listen to the music when he was working? Yeah, yeah. He first listened to the music and then he he got the ideas about. Cool. Yeah, that's really. But but you but you couldn't do vinyl, right? I didn't do vinyl because, to be honest, like the whole this whole album has cost me so much money. You can't even imagine and it was all like basically financed by me so of course as a bass player i had to notice that one of the songs on the album is not an original composition <laughs> from yeah. you but is a composition by jaco pastores the song rain and uh yeah why why i mean why did you pick and i and also i have to add it's a beautiful knowing the original version of his uh, i think your rendition is beautiful and so is there a particular reason why you chose to do this song yeah so this is like the song rain is uh basically as there it's from a group called sister with sisters with voices and they basically took the the melody from Portrait of Tracy. Yeah, which he's, we have to say, which he's playing just by himself on his fretless bass. Yeah, exactly. And they sampled this, or yeah, they, they took it as a backing track. And then a guy named Brian Alexander Morgan did the rest of the song for this 90s R&B band. And yeah, I don't know, I was... I really like to, uh, you know, arrange songs that have the space for that. So I, I was just searching for a song that could fit. And I kind of heard something when it came to this song. So I don't know. I just wanted to have one song that wouldn't be mine on the album. Yeah. And for me, it was so funny because when I listened for the first time, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have the booklet or anything i just listened was listening on spotify and then the melody started and i'm like yeah <laughs> because <laughs> because obviously you know being a bassist i mean jaco pastores his first album i think any bassist has listened to it a million of times <laughs> yeah. and so i was very familiar with it of course and then i was like 
I'm like, yeah, I know this. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. And so also, you know, I, I think it's a very, because actually approaching something like this, you know, doing a rendition, I mean, we can say that his original version is quite iconic, you know, uh, and, and it's, it's always a tricky thing to, to, to do it in a way which, you know, which pays respect to the original, but mm. still manages to, you know, to have something new and something own. So that was a very nice moment when you, you know, I mean, the album is out now. And from my, I have been checking out a little bit. And from what I saw is that, that also the reception by the press is very positive. And now, actually, if it was not for Corona, now would be the time where you would take it on the road, you know, and play, play the songs live. And I can imagine that you, you are looking forward to doing this. So, <laughs> yeah. But, but will, it, will you do it with the, with the same lineup as on the album? No, we already we already now set up the band with a different lineup just because I mean, I would love to do it with a bigger band maybe at some point we get like a really good festival uh, offer or something. But otherwise, it's so difficult booking an eight piece band, especially in when it's corona in between when there was a possibility to perform it anyways would be almost impossible to do it like with voices you know so and it was so stressful dealing with uh eight people at the same time to be honest uh, as a band leader it was just like taking away all of my <laughs> all of my you know somehow joy in doing that so. <laughs> yeah i mean booking as such It's very tedious when you have to do it yourself for your own music because mm. you don't have, you know, I mean, it's very hard for us as artists and musicians to sell, you know, our heart, <laughs> so to speak. But I also would say, you know, I mean, with time, things, this type of stuff, because, I mean, the music is really amazing and it's very special I think very important thing about this is just to stay on it and not to give up, which is very difficult to do sometimes. Yeah. But uh, but I'm I'm very curious. I mean, we hope, of course, that in the course of this year will be possible to play live again. And uh, yeah, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen. And I also hope I can uh, see you guys live sometime because I would yeah, love to. Yeah, love to. <laughs> would love to experience it, you know, on stage. Yeah, so, you know, we have now, I mean, we have talked about uh, a lot of things, um, like, you know, past, present. And so if you would, uh, if you try to um, take a look into the future, are there any, let's say, goals or dreams or ideas which you, you know, which you did, which you want to realize but which you did not realize yet. Is there anything where you think like, oh, th this is something I would love to do? Other know. than music or in music? No, in music. Um, well, yeah, exactly. This is what I'm trying to learn now, how to, you know, work with these uh, software, music software programs and become good at that. So I don't know how good it's going to be at the end, but at least <laughs> use it in my advantage, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, this but I mean, a long-term goal. This is, but but this is a process. I mean, it's actually this type of stuff is same as music itself. It never stops, and you can always, if you always find little things and which can be better. But I think it's just good to do it, you know. Yeah. Let's say the things which you are dealing with right now, in five years from now, you will be remembering, and you will be like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so this is hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it will come. Uh, there's a time for everything. Mm. And and so I would be uh, like, when I listen to your music, I, I would be pretty confident, you know. <laughs> but I, I think it's going to be, you know, it, things are going to sort themselves out eventually. Well, thank you very much. I hope so too. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, I, I, it will be happening. <laughs> okay. So I would say, I would say we are now approaching the, end of our conversation for today which i really enjoyed a lot um, <laughs> and and thank you for for taking the time to to be my guest and of course the guest shall have the final say so is there anything you would like to share with our listeners to end yeah i just want to say first of all thank you for inviting me uh it was a pleasure and um I still didn't check out your music. I will do, though. I promise. Very soon. And <laughs> otherwise, uh, thanks for anyone who who's been listening. And uh, go buy my CD, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I mean, I can just second it because it's really worth it, and not just listening on, on the on on the streaming, but really have the the physical product because it's <laughs> it uh, you know. It's only then that you have the full experience. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay, so thank you very much. And uh, yeah, of course, my best wishes for the album and for everything you decide to do. Yeah, and hopefully see you in real life sometime. Yes. guys. <laughs> <laughs> You have been listening to Talking Spirits Podcast, episode number 20 with Armin Alic and Mirna Bogdanovic. Thank you for tuning in and staying with us today. Check out Mirna's album Confrontation and order a copy from her if you like it. The experience is really worth the little investment. My guest next week is the excellent German percussionist and my dear friend Max Klaas. Max and I are playing together in the Royal Street Orchestra since the band came together back in 2009. In 2009, Max had just turned 16, so there's lots of history and also lots of funny stories, which we are, among many other things, covering in our conversation. Please feel free to visit my homepage www.talkingspiritspodcast.com for more interesting conversations and further infos about the show. Feel free to get in touch with me anytime. I'm always very glad about people reaching out and talking to me about many different things. Stay healthy and safe and see you again next week. <laughs>